0: Good evening. So today's daf is Daf Lamidhei, page twenty-five in the Hilgim Mesaches Nedarim, and we already got uh, quite a ways down, about a third of the way down on the Amud. We're up to Boymine Rava Meirav Nachman. The words Boymine are ten lines, I believe, from the top of the Amud. All right, and we're up to a, a new Shila, Boymine Rava Meirav Nachman. Let's uh, just remind ourselves, because obviously every piece of Gemara in general at least moves and segues beautifully from one idea to the next and it keeps within the the same theme. The conversation that we had yesterday was if if Reuven uh, forbids benefit of a specific loaf of bread to Shimon and that loaf of bread went through a third party, does it become permitted to Shimon or not? And we said ultimately that yes. Once it's going through somebody else, it's no longer considered uh, Reuven's bread. And he said again, Kikari, my bread is going to be forbidden to you. Now that it went through Levi to Shimon, it's going to be okay. Uh, Rava asked a shaila from Rav Nachman, which is, Yesh me'ila b'kainamais or uh, a'ilai, or not. Now what's the Shailah? So we learned on yesterday's daf that if a person, um, if a person be geig, unintentionally, uses something that belongs to Hectish. It's called Mayol Hektish, He benefits from it privately and he's going to have to pay back the Keren, the the main value of it, plus a Chaimish. Now the issue is over here, if somebody says, there's a Kainum on this. Now a Kainum is an expression of a vow, but it's a vow where you're elevating it to Kedusha. Besides for the transgression of not following through on the vow, you've also been behektish possibly, or not. Okay? Fascinating shaila. Now, Pragynafguin is going to be about Carbonus. As he said, kainam, uh, you know, he says, a uh, kainam, that uh, I'm forbidding benefit from it. And the, the same way, when you violate a vow, you're going to be chay of a osham are you going to be Chayv and asham for violation of the vow or not? Okay? So again, Rav Nachman from Nachman, is there me'ila kainamas? Do we now have a double transgression when there's the word kainam that's used? Amar le'i. So he says back to him, Rav Nachman responds to Rav, to Nisua, we already learned in our Mishnah, makam if we live in a place where people give compensation To the person who returned their lost object. So again, Ruvain loses an object, Shimon finds it, and the usual mahalich is that Shimon should give some sort of compensation to Shimon. uh, Except we have a problem because they're not allowed to benefit from each other. So we said, people on Allah Hektish. Ruvain's gonna be gonna have to give the money to Hektish. He can't give the money to nobody because then it's considered like he's benefiting. And he's not allowed to benefit. He's not allowed to give it to Shimon because then Shimon's benefiting. So what do you do? Pay it? But pay it to Hektish. Lememra, meaning to say, ki Hektish, it's like Hektish. Ma Hektish, yesh ba me'ila. Just like by Hektish, there is me'ila. me'ila. So by as well. It has the halachais of me'ila. Beautiful. Now, says the Gemara, how do we know that this idea that we just answered directly from a Mishnah, Rav Nachman's answer, what he answered from a Mishnah, is taka, a discussion amongst the Tanoim, ki there's a machleikas tanoim about this, where a person says, kainam kikarzu hektish. I'm, I'm taking a vow of a kainim, that this bread belongs to hektish, and then it was eaten. Bain ma'a. Whether he eats it or somebody else eats it, it's me'ila. They've transgressed, because l'maiza, practically speaking, it belonged to hektish. Therefore, yesh la pidya. And since it belongs to hektish, if you want to eat it, you're going to have to redeem it. If he says, kikarzu, uh, if he says, kikarzu alai hektish Huma uh, the loma. Let's say that he says this bread is hektish only to me. He didn't say the bread is completely hektish. He just said it's hektish as far as I'm concerned. So if he eats it, he got a problem because hektish as far as he is concerned. If his friends eat it, there's no mila because as far as his friends concerned, it's not hektish, and therefore lefikach la there's no hektish over there. You can only, there's no redemption over there because you can only redeem something that clearly belongs to hektish over here, where it doesn't clearly belong to hektish. It's only as far as he's concerned, but not as far as his friend is concerned. We cannot transfer that kedusha onto money. Divir Rebbe Meir. This is the opinion of Rebbe Meir. However, the Chachamim, the Chacham say, Banka aku, Yeah. Whether you live in Thailand this way or that way, loy it's uh, it's not considered meila The expression of kainam does not create a strong enough kedusha for there to be a meila transgression. Okay, so the bottom line is, says the Gemara. You know the way that Rav Nachman, uh, the way that Rav Nachman answer, answered Ravaz Kasha of that kainamis has meila is following the opinion of Rabbi Meir. However, the Chachamim do argue, and they say there's no such thing as Meila when it comes to the halachas of Kainamas. Okay, now the halacha, it seems we're pascaning like Rav Meir, because that's how Rav Nachman responded to Rav. Fine. O'mar Rav Acha, b'reid Rav the Ashi. So Rav Acha, the son of Rav Avia, says to Rav Ashi, what happens if somebody says, Kikari kari my bread is going to be forbidden to benefit to you. And then he gives it as a gift. So Reuven says to Shimon, this bread, my bread, you cannot, uh, is, is usher to you. Okay, My bread is on you forbidden. And then Reuven gives it as a gift to Shimon. First he forbids him from the bread and then he says, here, it's yours. Mi mo'a. Is there mi'ilah in such a case? And if there is, me means who? Who will have transgressed over here? Is it Ruven? Because he made a vow forbidding Shimon to, to gain anything from it? Right? And if, use an expression of Kinem, of, so it's hectish as far as so Ruvain's not allowed to give it to Shimon, because he said, as far as Shimon's concerned, it's hectish. What are you doing giving it to Shimon? Or do we say Shimon's Mo by now receiving some sort of benefit, something which is hectish now that it's in his domain? Or both. Mima. Lemol Nisen. Do we say that Reuven, who gave it to him, is the one who was Moal? Ale, the problem was, for him, the bread was never Usser. He said the bread is Usser on Shimon. How can you have somebody who the bread's not forbidden to, to, for him to benefit from, and you're going to say he's Moal? It's not forbidden to Reuven. Okay? limo Mikabel You're going to say, okay, so now it's a transgression on Shimon, He's able to say, I only accepted bread provided that there was something I could do with it. But if the halacha really is, that this thing is completely forbidden to me, I never would have acquired it. Hence, I didn't benefit from it. I'm not willing. I'm, I'm only acquiring something as far as my knowledge of my uh, permissiveness to own it but nobody's going to want to own something if that's going to obligate them in meila. so that's the Omar lays. he says back to him Shimon who received the bread is going to be over on yaitse really means w- when it goes out, means when he uses it Shimon's, our, our question was should Shimon be mal? but Shimon's going to tell us if, it's, if it means that he's being mayo by accepting it, he's not going to want it. So what we're answering here is, Shimon's not mayo when he accepts it. Rather, Shimon's mayo when he uses it. L'kishayaytzeh. When he makes use of it. That Shimon can't claim. If I would have known, what do you mean you would have known? You're the one who used it. You, you, you went and you took this bread and now it's your own cheshmer. To say that when he gave it to you, you never intended to, be, to to own it. If you could have been fine, but now that you own it, and it's a kind of, it's it belongs to hekdesh as far as you're concerned. What are you doing using it? Shakola shakola the Any time you have something that has kedusha, and now it goes out to chulin He's assuming he thinks it's going to be chulin, but it's still going to be meila. That's the halacha, and it's just like over there. When you're using Hektish, assuming that it's Kulin, you've been Ma'il, It was an innocent mistake. It's still a Ma'ilah problem. Avze, so too over here. Maal, This is going to be considered an in- innocent mistake, and it's going to. He will have transgressed. He will have transgressed Ma'ila. Um, period. Okay. So let's take a step back, get a little bit of a broad view on what we've done on these last two thirds. Of an Amud. The Gemara started out today with a shayla, and that is when somebody uses an expression forbidding any object through a Kainam, which also makes it hectic, is there Me'ila or is, is there a Me'ila transgression or a vow transgression? Rav Nachman had said there is even a Me'ila transgression. The Gemara says Rav Nachman is pascading like Rav Meir. However, the Chachamim argue. The Chachamim say there's no me'ila when it comes to kainamais. Okay. Then the Gemara asked, very nice. You know, um, according to Rav Meir, there is me'ila by kainamais. So we have a question. If somebody forbids bread on somebody else and then gives it to him as a gift. So it's a kainam. It has hektish. Who's gonna be Ma'il over here? Do we say the recipient is Ma'il and the Gemara has been, has transgressed Meila? And the Gemara says the recipient can transgress Meila when he ultimately uses it. I even why can't he say at that point when he uses it? Oh, if I would have known, if only I would have known. Don't put it on me. We say that's by anybody. If somebody inadvertently takes something that he money that he owns that belonged to Hektish, uh, uh, and he thought it was Chul, and used it, that's Meila. So Shkayach Reb Shimon, not Reb Shimon the Gemara, but, you know, Reuven and Shimon, Shkayach Reb Shimon, when you, you, you're you saying now, if you, you wouldn't have accepted the loaf, eh uh, uh, doesn't matter. You now have something that belongs to Hektish, you inadvertently used it, the bottom line is, you're either on Meila. Period. Fine. Top of Lamed He, Amud Beis, 35B. Next, Mishnah. The Tireim es Umasraysav lidaitai umakrevalov kinezavin kinezavys kine yoladas. All right, let's. Uh, that was a lot. Let's translate this step by step. All right. V'tayr es shumasei. Somebody separates his shuma. Umasraysav and his meiser lidaitai with his own knowledge. Okay. Now, what does that mean? Even if somebody's forbidden to benefit from this item, from this food, the halacha is that the one who created the transgression can still benefit that person through a mitzvah. A mitzvah is not considered a benefit. This is a rule, okay? Mitzvah is lab lehones nitnu. So let's give a case. Ruvein gives a hundred bushels of grain to Shimon and forbids Shimon from benefiting. Now, it belongs to Shimon, he just can't benefit. Ruuvain is allowed to separate Meiser on behalf of Shimon for that grain. Aye, Shimon's gonna benefit now that his, stu- now his stuff is tithed. Now his now uh, this stuff is uh, Truma, okay? So even though Shimon's forbidden to benefit, we, no, it doesn't need to be that case. H- here's what happens, ready? Clear. Let's keep it simple. I'll make you a simpler case. Shimon cannot benefit from Reuven. Fine. He says, Reuven, I'm taking a a vow. I'm never going to benefit from you. Reuven could still separate Shimon, Shumas, and Meisras. Because mitzvah is when you do a mitzvah on behalf of somebody else, it's not considered a a benefit. All right? So V'tayrim, Shumas, even though he's not allowed to benefit from him, still separate Shumas ladaita he could know about it he could bring carbonice the birds of a zav, the birds of a woman who gives birth of a zava he could bring the his carbonice on his behalf umalam he could teach him taira medrash halacha is he is not allowed to teach him psukim in the taira you hear this we'll get we'll get to this hiddish in the because now that you could teach him midrashim and agada and halacha, no psukim, who has of mikra. You could tutor the kids. You could teach the kids Tyre. Fascinating, really a, a, a very important and fascinating Mishnah and fascinating Gemara that we're going to get into right now. Even if it's forbidden to benefit somebody else, you can do mitzvahs for them. You can do a mitzvah for them. It's not considered like you're benefiting them. Okay, now there is an exception here, which the Mishnah, you know, uh, leads us to, which is teaching sukkim in the Torah directly to the per- to the person who is not allowed to benefit from. All right, so we'll, we'll see. So it says the Gemara, "Ibayluhu." They asked the question, searching for information. Hanika didon havu aishluche Beautiful shaila. When a Kayan brings a Karbon on behalf of a yisrael. Is he representing the Yid? Or is he representing the Rebbe Says the Gemara, I don't understand. What's the, what's going to be a practical difference? See, if I say that Yankul Kohn, uh, I'm forbidden to benefit from Yankul Kohn. And Yankel Kohn, the kohen, can he bring my carbon for me when I forbade he, myself to benefit from him? Right? Could I? So if he's my Shliach, it's gonna be Asir. If the shliach R Banshalam, it'll be Mutter. Yeah, but the do Have you gonna say that Yankul Kohn is a Shliach for the Yisrael who brought the carbon? Hamahanila. The Yisrael is receiving benefit from Yankul Kohn. and you can't do that. The Asr is gonna be forbidden to utilize Yankul services. The Amrit Shluchhid shmaya. But if you say All Kayhanim Are messengers Of the Shalala, right, And they're just Carrying it out On his behalf Not on behalf of the Yid Shari he, Yankul Kohn Can even bring Karbonis On behalf of the Yid Who was usher To receive benefit from Because you're not benefiting From Yankul Kohn anymore You're doing what you have to do And Yankul Kohn Happens to be representing The Rebbe that's it Fascinating shaila. Who is the Kayhan Working for? The Yisrael or the Rabbani Shalei? Okay. Now, we know the answer is really both. It doesn't really matter. Right? Of course, ultimately, he's working for both. But the shaila here is, you're going to have to pick a side when it comes to the uh, nadarim and the uh, prohibition of, of vowing. It's going to make a difference who he's more. In other words, well, the only point I'm sharing over here is, ultimately, we know... He's taking care of the yid. He's taking care of the benjamin. The shayla is which which side is he coming from? And the nafkmina is buying So we go toshma, come and listen. It's not we learned in the mission. Makravah love kine zovin. The kainz let bring on his back. Well, someone could bring on, on his on the behalf of the yisrael. The zovin birds. If you're going to say that he is a shliach of the Israel, come ahanile. How can he bring the birds? How can he do it? He's benefiting the yid. It must be that kaihanim are sluche the it must be their agents of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Because our Mishnah allows Karbonais and these birds to be brought. Says Gamara, one second, according to that logic, that, uh, you know, if a Kayan could bring a bird on behalf of Yisrael, it must be he's working with their <clears> of <throat> listening to will Makar Why did it say in the Mishnah, you know, he could bring kinezovin, uh, Zovin, Kinei Zovais, Vashomis. Why, why you gotta give me a list? You know, all you need to say is, every Kayin, even if you're not allowed to benefit from it, it, can bring any carbon. Why give me a list of some specific carbones? If a kayan is always an agent of the rabbi why'd you give me a list? Just say, every carbon. El achsuri kapara shiny. Vice dice, it must be that in our Mishnah, a person who is mechusr <inaudible> kapara, a person who went through a process and is only lacking a carbon, Shiny is going to be different. Meaning, here, a kohen can act on behalf of a Yisroel. Look at the, all the cases in the Mishnah. Let's pause for a minute. All the cases in the Mishnah that we list that a Kohen is allowed to do on behalf of a Yid is the birds of Azov, the birds of a Zav, the birds of a Yilad. One of these brought? After this eight, seven day process. And you have a whole proof. On the eighth day you bring these karbonah. Uh, some of them are the seventh day. But these are these are like finishing touches. On a whole process that's done. So maybe over there I'll say. A kohen is considered dishmaya, Because the Yisrael is not totally dependent on him. The of HaRevi says. Every carbon needs Das needs knowledge of the owner. I.e., for example, if I'm obligated in a carbon, Rabiel cannot bring a carbon for me without telling me. I need to know there's a carbon that's being brought. Hakol Das. Every carbon that's being brought, the owner must know about Chutz Except for meaning if I have a process of purification I need to go through, and the last step of it was I need to I need to bring a a carbon. Somebody could do it on my behalf without even telling me. And you know how that's true, because we find an adult can even bring carbonus on behalf of his children when they don't not they don't, when they don't have the capacity of das as it says zayis terra Bain 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 cotton. Allah a and a cotton. So the Gemara is asking over here, or basically not it's not really a challenge, but the Gemara is pointing out one second. Don't prove that any Kohen that because a Kohen can bring these birds, they're melee dishmaya, they're agents of God. Maybe it's only allowed, maybe it's only allowed because we don't really need an agent. Maybe the reason why they could bring these is because you don't need agents, somebody can do it even without das but now according to Rabbi Echan when we say this is the Torah, this is the Alakha of a woman who gives birth, she's gotta bring these carbanais ben katano ben gedaila. Yeah, it doesn't only apply to a katana, it applies to whether she's a katana or whether she's a gidaila. You're gonna tell me she always needs to bring a carbon? What does that mean? Katana Bastaidahi? Can a, a a young lady Who's still a Katana, under the age of nara? She's not even a nara yet. Is she capable of giving birth? Three women should have relations with. Inter, with um, three women should have relations with birth control. Maich is a cloth that they would insert to ensure there wouldn't be pregnancy. Who should use birth control? Who should use this maich? Kitana, Me'uberes, a pregnant woman, Umenika, and a nursing woman. They should all use this birth control. Why? Kitana, Shema to. Her body's too young and not and, and it's too dangerous for her to become pregnant. so uh, we, uh, we need a, we need to uh, prevent pregnancy. So I don't understand. Ask the Gemara that why is the Pasuk saying, that we're dealing with a katana who would have brought a carbon and somebody else could bring it on her behalf, it's not possible we're dealing with a case of a katana. It's got to be specifically dealing with a case of a gedailah. So now we're back to square one. We're back to our question, which is, when it says, you know, this is the Torah, this is the halacha, how can we say it's including katanim, a woman who's a katana, giving birth, bring a carbon on her behalf, that case is simply not possible, so our answer is no, when it says in the, in the pasuk of Pesach, this is the law, of the one who gives birth, they, that means not a katana or a g'dayla, it means, whether the woman is of sound mind, or a woman is not of sound mind, Okay, you can have a woman, an adult woman, who's got a, a body that's capable of, giving birth, but she doesn't have Das. She's mentally imbalanced. She's not capable. Okay? So now, if she's not capable, we're going to be permitted to bring a carbon after, on uh, on her behalf, even though she doesn't have Das. That's going to be a proof. You could bring sacrifices on behalf of those who don't know about it. A person is allowed to bring a carbon on behalf of his wife, Who's a shaita? Because of Rabbi Yehuda's halacha, the Tanya, Rabbi Huda taught us an Embrisa, Rabbi Yehuda Yemer, may vikarbon al ishtai A person is allowed to bring a carbon osir on, uh, on on behalf of his wife. Now, this is referring to there are some karboneis that depending of your depending on your financial status, either you'll bring a bird or you'll bring a, a larger animal, so on and and uh, so forth. Now, a person might say, listen, my wife's a shaita. She doesn't really own anything. So she's automatically poor. It's automatically poor. A shaita can't, uh, can't have anything. But you know what we're going to say to him? No, 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 no. What I, if, you're, if, if your family has dough, if you guys have money, you, Mr. Husband, is going to bring a wealthy person's carbon on behalf of his wife. That's what you got to do. I, my wife, does not matter. It's not about your wife. You're just as obligated to make sure it gets done as she is. You yeah, hit this. See, it's not the person's das that we need. It's whoever's doing it on their behalf. V'chol so karboni It applies to any carbon that she's obligated. Shekach What happens? A husband writes to his wife. is the ich the This is the ksuba that we that we uh, every husband is required to give his wife. The responsibility, the islik alai that I have on you, min kadamas dinner applies from the time that we are married. From the time that we are married. Okay? So you see that the husband's taking on all responsibilities, even as far as all the, uh, all the carbonos over here are concerned. Fine. Period. End of that uh, conversation. Now the Gemara is going to question this. Let's just go another few lines, then we'll hold it here. The Gemara is going to question this. What are we questioning? We said that what's unique about our Mishnah is that all the cases listed that you could bring a sacrifice on behalf of the person is when it's mechusser kapar. The person's gone through a whole process and these karbonas are only here to kind of wrap up the, you know, uh, the Mechusikapar to, to wrap up the responsibility. But by other karbanis where it's like the whole process is built into the carbon, then you actually need to be appointed. That's the assumption. Okay? So, again, what's the assumption? In order for a coin to bring a carbon on behalf of a Yisrael without being appointed, it, it's only by Mechusikapar. A kayan cannot, in general, just go bring a sacrifice on behalf of a Yisroel, without the Yisroel knowing. You can't just do that. That's the assumption right now. And we're going to challenge this. Mosav <speaking Spanish> Rav Simi bar Rav Simi bar asked a challenging question. <speaking Spanish> if, let's say, Reuven R- says to Shimon, you cannot benefit from me, and Ruven's a Kohen. So if Ruvain's a Kohen, and he's saying Shimon, you cannot benefit from me, Reuven could still sprinkle the blood of Shimon's carbon chatas, and he could sprinkle the blood of Shimon's carbon asham. Now, these things, sprinkling the blood is not mekhusr kapara. This is an integral part of the avoda, So you see from here that a Kohen, who you're not allowed to receive benefit from, is still permitted to do on behalf of that other person an integral part of the Avodah. Even if it's not Bechus Kippurim. To which the Gemara answers, "No, The sprinkling of the blood are not dealing with sprinklings that are integral parts of the process. Rather, it's the sprinkling of the blood of the sprinkling of the blood of a metzaira. What do you mean, the blood of a metzaira? This is the blood that they would sprinkle on the clothing of the metzaira. and the blood of the metzaira is carbon asham. D'chiv zoyis teras a metzaira." Being Gadol or Katan, whether he is a godol or whether he is a Katan. Now, the, the blood sprinkling in that part of the process of the Asham and on his clothing is all sprinklings of Machusri Kapara. It's not an integral part of a carbon. So, we're going to hold it here for today. Hold it here for today. But the bottom line is, where are we up to? Where are we up to? The nafkamino that we've created for ourselves, which we're going to keep focusing on now until. Closer to the bottom of Vlamid is as follows. If I'm not allowed to benefit from a Kohi, what can he do for me in the base of Mikdash, if anything? What we're saying right now is he could do anything that's not an integral part of my avoda. So if it's a sacrifice, the Karban Chatas, a general Karban Chatas that I need to bring, or a that I promised to bring a pledge, he cannot do that. But he could do things that are an added step to a process that I already completed. We've created the Nav and the Gemara is going to keep questioning this premise that there's a difference between, you know, what kind of aveda the Kohen is doing for me. We'll hold it here for today. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.